Bibles, go with me to the 15th chapter of the book of Matthew. We're still dealing with the subject of guarding your heart from offense. Amen. Guarding your heart from offense. And, you know, the theme of this year is the victory we uh, whatsoever overcome the world or born of God overcomes the world. It is our faith. Amen. So we have already overcome the world. It's not that we don't have the victory. It's not that we don't have the faith. It's that we don't, we're teaching ourselves how to utilize what God has already given to us. Okay? And so that means along with that comes what? Understanding. And so my job as a teacher is to do what? Give you understanding from the Holy Ghost of how to connect what is rightfully already yours. Okay? So... This is week two of guarding your heart from offense, okay? Why is that so important? Because your faith walk is in jeopardy. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Your faith walk or your belief is in jeopardy. And what I mean by that is because the enemy cannot attack you in your spirit. He has to attack you in your mind, in your heart, in your soul. And so he had to get you to the place to where you will lay down this truth, this spiritual truth that has given you the victory. And you have to pick up your own ideal, your own feelings, whatever that may be. And this is what the enemy does. He will use it against you and put you in a place of making you feel to believe that something is different about you, why God won't move in your life. He's a liar. He's the father of lies. So he's always twisting the truth if we yield to it. But if you understand the characteristic of your father, you'll know that, hey, he loves you, and he will never change his mind about you. So whatever the enemy try to get you or bait you to get you to choose Another way, then you have to recognize, no, that's not, the, that's not the characteristic of my father. He would never do this to me. Amen? Amen? And so let's look at this for a moment in Matthew chapter 15 and look at verse 10. Again, Jesus speaking to the multitude and he said to them, hear and understand. See that, what he said? Hear and do what? Understand, I think that's two powerful words. Hear means keep on hearing, keep on listening until what? Until understanding comes. I'm going to say it to you again. When you tell you to hear, that means keep hearing, keep listening, keep hearing, keep listening to what? To understanding comes. That's why you hear. You say, oh, I got it now. You ever notice how sometimes we do that? You keep hearing, you keep hearing, and say, how did they do that? How did that come to... And then all of a sudden, you keep hearing, you kept hearing, and then all of a sudden, it's like you saw something. It clicked on the inside, you say, whoa, okay, now I understand. Well, that's what the Word of God is. It's a spiritual truth. It's a spiritual principle. And if you don't learn to take heed to the word of God, if you don't learn to allow, you know, keep hearing, keep hearing, and that's what hearing is. That's why Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing. That word hearing and hearing means you keep hearing till understanding comes. Let me say that to you again. You keep hearing until understanding comes. When understanding comes, now you are able to walk it out by faith. I'm able to stand in this, uh, 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 this crisis. I'm, I'm here. I'm able to not allow the, this, this, this offense 
to turn into a bit, a, a bit, you know, a root of bitterness. Amen. See, when you don't have understanding, this is how a root of bitterness, a root would be resentment. It would be unforgiveness. It would be uh, uh, whatever crisis is in your life because you didn't deal with it with the right attitude. It will turn into a root of bitterness. The root of bitterness is the resentment. It's the crisis. It's the unforgiveness. It's the pain. It's the sorry. It's all of that. That's the root. So when you open your mouth, all you're spewing out is the resentment, the hurt. And what are you doing? And everything in this path, you will cause it to be defiled. Are you following what I'm saying? And this is what you don't want. And that's why Jesus said, hear and understand. Okay, next verse, Casey. He said, not that which goes into the mouth defiles a man, but that which comes where? Out of the mouth. So you see why we say, guard your heart? See, why? Because if you don't learn to speak properly in a crisis or in a situation, something that may have affected you, maybe something that went wrong, that shouldn't have been, still in all, I'm still responsible for what come out of my mouth. Okay? Because why? The first words that come forth out of your mouth, depending upon a situation, what it is, it sets the course of the direction of your thinking and the way that you're going to walk. Hmm? So he said, it's not that which goes in that defiles a man, but what comes out of his mouth. This defiles a man. Next first case. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisee were offended? Why? Because the Pharisee was about much doing. Hmm? They were more concerned about their status. They were more concerned about the washing of the hand. Hmm? They were more concerned about how they dressed. They were more concerned about keeping the law. Jesus, notice this. Next verse, uh, Casey. But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted shall be what? Rooted up. So that's why we're dealing with adultery, fornication. Put this up for a moment in Galatians chapter 5. Let me show you the works of the flesh. These are things that can turn into a root of bitterness. And not the only thing, but these are some of them. Okay? In Galatians chapter 5, it says, now the works of the flesh, when it says the works of the flesh, it's, it's talking about what's already there that's manifested in your heart in some form, some fashion. Okay? Notice the first thing he lists was adultery. Adultery doesn't have to be that you physically laid with someone, adultery and fornication. It doesn't mean you have to lay with someone that's not your spouse, but you could do it in your mind, in your heart. And in the gospel, Jesus said you have already committed adultery. You have already committed fornication. Why? Because you undressed that person in your mind. See, what we say, guard your heart. Because you see, your thoughts, when you, if you think on something long enough, when the action has been committed, that wasn't when it, when it happened. It happened some time back in your thought. Hmm? Are you following what I'm saying? You just follow through with what you were thinking on the most. Same thing about uncleanliness. It's the same thing about uh, 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 homosexuality, lesbian, transgender, all of that. Uncleanliness. It's the same thing. Are you following what I'm saying here? And in today's world, in, the, in this young generation or whatnot, 
they have grabbed hold to this transgender or uh, homosexuality or uh, a uh, lesbian. Like it is, I mean, like it's the new truth. It's the new norm. Now, this is nothing new. This has been, this has been since, you know, history has begun. But what it has done, it has come around again, and it looks like it's new to you and I. But it's not new. What's happening is the earth itself is bringing forth, it's, it's like a woman with contraction. These are the ends of the, of the time that God is showing that the contraction of what is in the world is coming once they start coming back to back to back. That's when the rapture of the church, I believe, will take place and God will rapture us out of here. The world is not going to get any better. It's actually going to get worse. But you and I that live in life, living our life in this earth, allowing Christ himself to live through us, we will walk into victory right in the midst of darkness. So the darkness won't ever attach itself to you unless you and I open the door and give consent. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? So we don't have to, we don't have to fear what's coming on the earth. That's the reason why we're living, we should live our life, as Pastor Carl was saying, as an example of Christ in me. The hope of glory to the world. Jesus is not coming down again to, to demonstrate it. We have his life, his spirit in us that people can see that we are not the same. We are different. Your neighbors know that you are different. Your co-workers know that you are different. Are oh, you understand what I'm saying here? Lasciviousness just simply means out of control. Hmm? These things work. These are already manifestations that are in all of us and notice it, it's the word of Christ will root them out. Now, I'm showing you this because I showed you in John, I mean, in Matthew 15, I think 11, where it says, every plant that my heavenly father did not plant, he will root it out. This is the stuff right here. The word itself roots this garbage out. Okay? So notice this, adultery, you know, you can make anybody an idol. Make your children an idol, make your husband an idol. You know, you can make your boss, you make your money, you can make your, your house. You can make a lot of things an idol, right? Witchcraft. Witchcraft is just simply control. Using things to do what? To manipulate, to control people, power, to say things to do what? To control you. Or I'll do this, I'll give you this. It's called control. And when that control is not there, then people will run away. Hatred, self-explanatory, right? I hate that helper, right? Well, y'all know about that, y'all, right? Look how quiet y'all are. And like y'all been saved all y'all life. Okay, good. I ain't been saved all my life, okay? I've been around a few times. <laughs> Variance, okay, what is that? What is that, Sister Pearlie? Variance. Hmm? Put that up in the, in the message case. We're going to find out what that say. Whoa. So he said, it is obvious what kind of life develop out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, right? Love, uh, loveless. <laughs> Cheap sex. 
stinky accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, a friend's and joyous grab for happiness. Is that magic show, religion, paranoia, loneliness, cutthroat, competition or competitive, yeah, competition, all consuming yet never satisfying what? Wants. A brutal temper. An important what? To love or be loved, divided homes, divided lives, small-minded, lopsided pursuit, the vicious habit of what? Depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Uncontrolled, uncontrollable, addiction, ugly, what is that? Paradigm of, co of communities, I could go on. Is that right? He said, this isn't the first time I've warned you. You know, if you use your freedom this way, notice what he said, if you do what? Use your freedom this way, what happened? You will not inherit the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is God's way of doing and that which is right. That's what I'm saying. You have the faith, but these things could hinder the faith of Christ from working through you. Why? Because you are caught up, like that thing say, cheap sex, thinking stinky accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. I mean, you put your mindset there. And this is the reason, and it's not, look, it's not like it's your fault. This is what happened through the fall of the first Adam. But now that Jesus became the second and final Adam, you no longer, you can change your thinking by allowing the words of Christ to do what? To, 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 to uproot. To pull down. Can you see that? Now go back over here, Casey, to Matthew 15. Did we get that word variance in there? Look that word up, Zach. Variance. I thought Sister Pearl had got that word. Oh, y'all found it? Contention. Contention. What do you think about when you think when you think of the word contention? Arguments. Arguments. That means you just stirred on the inside. You know how they say he's just a contentious person. That means you have no rest within yourself until you just stir up something to the place to where as. It's a rivalry. Okay? But notice what this, this is why he said, uh, no, go back, yeah, there we go. Go back to, go back, to, yeah, go back to the uh, Proverbs. Uh, what, verse 17, uh, was it 18 where it says, my father will plant, will up uh, every plant that's not planted by my heavenly father, he will pluck up. Is that verse 17? Didn't we just read? Uh, no, no. It's in Matthew chapter 15. Oh, I'm talking about verse 11. Verse 11. See, not that which of uh, verse 12. Go to the next verse. Here we go. Watch this. His disciples were what? They came on him. He said, notice that the Pharisee were offended. At this saying, now watch what Jesus said, verse 13. He said, but he answered, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted. So the stuff that I showed you in Galatians 5, adultery, fornication, hatred, witchcraft, various, all these different, your heavenly father didn't plant that in you. 
that came from the fall of man who gave up his right. Adam committed high treason, but we were all victims of his wrong. Okay? But Jesus being the second and final Adam, not only redeemed, but he restored us back to the original place. Now where that's why he said, every plant my which my heavenly father has not planted shall be rooted out. That means we can take the engrafted word, as James 121 says, take God's word and engraft his word into my thinker now. Where that was the word of adultery, fornication. Uncleanliness, liar, hatred, witchcraft, guess what? Now I can plant his word, and what am I doing? When his word is planted, guess what I'm doing? I'm uprooting. I'm taking away the things that held me captive. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? If God is not holding you, you know, in a place, holding this over your head, he's letting you know now that you're born again, now I can uproot, I can I can root out, I can pull down what you're actually going to do, it, but my word on your lips will root out, pull down, and throw out everything that your heavenly father has not planted. How many of you understand what I just said? Let's, let me show you another verse of that. James chapter 1. And look at verse, uh, is it uh, 21? Wherefore I... Lay, lay, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness. See what he's telling you? He, who's to lay apart? I am. I am. So that means, if I am, that means I have within me the ability to lay it down. Is it right? In, in Matthew 15, 13, Jesus said, every plant that my father hadn't planted, he will root it out. Well, how would he do that? he have to do it through the new creation. Can you see it? He have to do it through that new creation, that new creation, that born again spirit. That means that that life that's in you now is going to teach you how to live, how to let the life of Christ live through you. Okay? And notice this. Wherefore, he said, lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness, and receive. With meekness, meaning to be teachable. Receive the teachable word of God, that, that the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. So when you think about the word engraft, it has a rooting system in itself. That means it is able to engraft itself in what is true in your spirit. Your soul will begin to start thinking in the same light. Your soul will start speaking in the same light. It's also called your mind. Right? You will start speaking in the same light. Why? Because the engrafted word is able to save your soul. So if you didn't have the word of God, then guess what? My soul will still be out of control. So the hope for my soul is through my born again experience. Can you see it? All right, now go back, Casey, to Matthew 15, 13. So he said, every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted shall be rooted up. Okay, next verse. He said, let them alone. They be blind leaders. Of the blind. Why? Notice it. Why blind leaders? Because they have no understanding. Is that right? And what's happening right now, you got a lot of blind leaders leading people when it says into the ditch, they're leading them off and away from the word of God. I mean, just think about, you know, if you get into a ditch, somebody less led you into the ditch. Well, you're stuck. And that's what the enemy want you and I to be what? Stuck. Okay? Now watch this. Go with me to first, I mean, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 
Let's start at verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. The Apostle Paul is, no, 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 those are the word he used, because normally he opens his letter with grace and peace. This mercy goes to tell you Paul made some wrong moves in his ministry. It, in other words, it took something for Paul to get to the place, to get to that place in Corinth where a bunch of idols, all kind of pornography, all kind of witchcraft, full of Jew, I mean not Jews, full of uh, uh, Gentile and paganism. And here, this was a place that Paul did not want to go. But look what his, he said, therefore, see, we have this ministry as we have received mercy, meaning because I should have been here. But I didn't want to be here. <laughs> Watch this. Next verse, Casey. But we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. All of these things Paul was talking about his life as a Jew. Because he wanted to do what? Minister to the Jews as a Jew. But they rejected him. They tried to kill him. They tried to do everything they could to end his life. And every time he went back and preached to the Jewish nation, they were trying to destroy him until he got to the place and realized this is what God called him to a people that did not look like him, that did not understand. But as he went on, that's where he got his greatest fruit as an apostle before God. Are you following what I'm saying? What am I trying to say to you? You could be very offended that God will put you somewhere where you're uncomfortable. Hmm? And if you don't learn how to deal with the offense with the right attitude, you will miss out in God's best because you can't see beyond where you are right now. Life is not going to always be fair. But one thing for sure, God is fair. God is a good God. You may not understand at the moment why things are going the way they are, why I'm in this position where, like I am at the moment. But if you have the right attitude in walking this out, knowing that God is a good God, God is faithful, God will see us through this. It will now you get you get the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Ghost involved in your action because of your attitude. Now the Holy Spirit can reveal light and he can begin to start shifting you in ways that you were not that you were not uh, in a place before. But because of your heart is open, your heart is pliable. Now he can shine light and show you something that you never saw before. Can y'all see this? This is what happened right here. He said, but by the manifestation of the truth, commending our hearts to every man conscious in the sight of God. That's powerful. Watch this, verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are what? Lost. Keep going. In whom the God of this world has done what? Blinded the mind of them that what? Believe not. No, how did we were just in Matthew 15? I think it was verse 21. We talk about the blind leaders leading the blind into the ditch. Well, that's how people get blinded through leaders that don't have the understanding of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
When you don't have the truth, when you don't understand the, the truth of this gospel, then this is what happened. Notice that in whom the God of this world has blinded the mind. Well, how could those leaders be blinded? They had to give themselves open to the concept of religion, tradition of men. So you make blind people through blind leaders with less understanding. Okay? So here, he said, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should do what? Should shine where? Unto them, keep going. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servant for Jesus' sake. Whoa. That means I'm going to allow this life, this body, as a what? A living sacrifice that I'm going to allow the Spirit of Christ to live out of me. Live through me. Can you see it? What am I doing? Why? Because if I allow him to live through me, that means I have uprooted adultery, fornication, uh, all these evil things, hatred, anger, unforgiveness, all these things that want to hold me hostage to what I was before I knew him. Hmm? I'm telling you, this is important. Because as you travel in life, you could be on a job. You didn't get the promotion. You didn't get the pay raise. You're angry. And if you don't learn to turn that anger and just say, Lord, you are my prosperity. Lord, you are my provider. Lord, I'm angry. I don't like what took place. But I'm going to trust you. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. What do you do? You got the right attitude now. And because you got the right attitude, the Holy Spirit will bring the justice that is due to you. May not be at that company. You may end up leaving it. You may stay in that position for a while, but then the position that you wanted, you will go up two stages higher than the position that you were looking for because you had a right attitude. You didn't allow resentment, that's the root. You didn't allow anger, that's a root. You didn't allow witchcraft, that's control. Everybody, you, you know, everybody now that you come across, you're trying to control them. Hmm? You didn't allow it. I'm telling you, yeah, I'm sharing these things with you, but they're not easily done as being said. Because when it comes knocking at the door of your heart, that's when you're going to have to really step forward and walk in that. When it feels unpleasant. When you, when you can see the, in, the injustice taking place. But you hear that scripture on the inside. Nevertheless, I live. Christ in me. You see what I'm saying? The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is what God looking for you and I. Why? Because we got his life in us. You already know, I got a good plan for you, son, daughter. My plan is not to hold you hostage. Right? Uh, Y'all know that scripture in... Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, right? I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts are good, not for evil, but to do what? To do you good and bring you where? To an expected end. When you keep that in mind, then you'll recognize the plot that the enemy is using for you to bring forth or create a root of bitterness to start springing forth. You'll be able to recognize and say, no, no, I'm going to diffuse that. No, I'm not planting that. 
Nope, I'm not even taking that. Somebody come around you, say, nope, nope, I'm not thinking on that. Well, man, you, you know they did you wrong. You, you got a right. No, no, I know I got a right, but guess what? I've already chose. I've already chose. I know the plan that God has for me. I know how God thinks towards me. That's all that matters. See, th- th- that's got to be the first thing come out your mouth. You cannot have yourself positioned and, 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 and spew out all this other garbage and then take the side of because it's going to be too hard. Your own words going to condemn you. And it puts you in a place to where now you don't know what man or man you are. Okay? Next verse, case. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shone in our heart to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Whoa. That means the moment you got born again, that glory now is shining forth because you and I are a new creation. Can you see that? For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shone in our heart to give the light of the knowledge See what he said? Not faith, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you and I. How? Through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the more I know about God, the more I know about my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, knowledge increases about his goodness, about his way for my life. See, it's knowledge. The knowledge. You give light of the knowledge. That means give light, give understanding of the knowledge of the glory of God. Glory just means manifestation of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it was he who defeated the works of darkness. So in the face of Jesus Christ, we are in him. He is in us. Okay, here we go. Next verse, Casey. But we have this treasure in the earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You see, we have this treasure in earthen vessel, in this clay, in this body, that the excellence of the power may be of God. That's why you have to submit yourself to these truths. You have to allow him to live through you, speak through you, think through you. Hmm? That's why I say it is of God and not of us. Because anytime it's of you and I, we're going to make a mess of it. Oh, I'm telling you, it's going to be a mess. Is that right? Okay. Next verse, Casey. Oh, there you go. We are trouble on every side. But yet not distress. Think about that for a moment. You could be trouble and not be distressed. Why? Because it's God working his work through us. Hmm. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Next verse. Persecuted, but not forsaken. It'll feel like you're forsaken, but you know the thought that God thinks towards you. For a moment, it looked like I'm forsaken. For a moment, it looked like I'm alone. For a moment, it looked like I am perplexed. I'm, you know, despair trying to come upon me. Cast down, but not destroyed. You know what I said? Just look like. 
See, you got to be able to walk with that understanding the characteristic of your father. It's the only way you're going to be able to do it. Because if you judge it by what it looked like, you judge it by what actually happened, you're going to fall prey to it. I, I'm, I got to defend myself. I got to stand up for myself. And God is saying, how many rights do a dead man have? So I should never take the offense personally anyway. I wish I could always tell you that I did. I didn't. <laughs> Next verse. Always bearing about the body, dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in my body. You're dying to the flesh, but his life is being manifest. That means you're just putting down the ways, the uh, manipulative ways, controlling ways, the ways of anger, the ways of... I just put it down. Why? Because he can't live and function through that. I have to be the one to choose to lay it down. Before the power of the Holy Spirit will begin to manifest the works of God through our life, through our lips. Next verse, Casey. Oh, for we which live are already delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Christ may be made manifest in the mortal flesh. That's what I just got to say. So then death working in us, but life in you. What does that mean? That means working that mean that mean our heart has been to the place that we allow the works of God that is in us that brought us to a place that you and I may live out the manifestation of Him. Which we, which we behold of him. Okay? Watch this. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it's written. Now, I think this is Psalm 116, 10. When it says written, that means David was the one that spoke this, King David. But the Apostle Paul is quoting King David as it is written, I believe, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore what? Speak. So the spirit of faith is a speaking faith. That's the reason why you can't speak from yourself. You have to speak from the one that gave you life. You have to speak from the one who lives in you and through you. Can y'all see that? I mean, just think about you work for a company. You're speaking from a company perspective. You're doing business from a company perspective, Right? That's in the natural. Well, this is just put it in the realm of the spirit. Inwardly, the life that, you know, I mean, what, what my eternal soul will end up, you know, I don't have eternal life because I received you. You already had eternal life. You just have to make sure the destiny of your eternal life is sure. So it's the destiny of where I'm going to spend eternity, Right? Because before you, even before you got born again, you had eternal life. Why? Because the spirit don't die. It's either alive or it's dead. Or it's alive under God, and it's a, or it's alive under Satan. But the moment you got born again, what happened? It became alive under God. So my eternal destiny will be heaven instead of hell. Can y'all see that? Sometimes people think that they got eternal life when they got born again. No, you were already, you already had eternal life. Your destiny was not set. Hmm? Now that you know that Jesus is the Lord of your life, now my eternal life will end up with Christ. 
Some people, everyone can't say that because they're not born again. But if you're born again, it doesn't again. I don't want you to think that I got eternal life now that I'm saying no. You already have eternal life. But what determines eternal life, the destiny of your eternal life? Are you going right or are you going left? Right is heaven, left is hell. Your destiny is at stake. Y'all quiet on me. You probably never heard that before, huh? But that's what that means. Okay? Think about it for a little bit. That's why Jesus said, whosoever believe it on me shall have eternal life. Life. Absolutely. If you, if you don't receive Christ, your destiny is still set. You're going to die without him. You're going to spend eternity without him. It's called the second death. Hmm? Are we good? Okay. Next verse, Casey. Knowing that, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall do what? Raise up us also by Jesus. Whoa. Look at what it said. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus. Who did that? The Holy Ghost. Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you knowing this or knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus should be a comma there shall raise up us also by Jesus the same spirit that raised him it's the same spirit that's inside of you and I when Jesus give that call. We out of there in a millisecond. You can't blink your, you can't blink your eye fast enough. That's how fast the, that's how fast the rapture going to take place. Oh, Y'all <laughs> don't understand what you got living on the inside of you. You don't understand what you're carrying around, what you all doing today. I know you could, your mind could be corner. You could be in all I'm trying to tell you when the Father give Jesus the word to go and get your bride, I'm telling you one word out of his mouth at the sound of the trump. That's what it's going to sound like. I'm telling you, you're out of here. That's how powerful words are. You have that control on the earth right now against storms, pestilence, all kind of crisis on the earth. You got this authority through the power of words right now. See, if you can't experience it here, what makes you think you're going to be waiting, looking for him? I'm expecting him to show up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm listening. Well, I'm trying to tell you right now, it's just like, ooh, I almost feel like I just, I just took out of my body just like the room, just like that. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, something going on right now. I'm telling you, right? I can sense it right there. Something going on right now. <laughs> Ooh. Glory to God. Mm. Okay, let me get back. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us 
also by Jesus. And shall present us with you. Isn't that something? Oh, Jesus is going to present us to the Father. He's going to be standing there and I'm going to be right there with him. Glory to God. Me and Jesus, arm in arm. The same glory that he has of the Father is the same glory that I have of him right now. See, y'all don't see yourself like that. You got to start seeing yourself like that. You got to start thinking like that. This world, the things around you want to hold you. It want to press you down. It want to keep you like Jack in the Box. You know how Jack in the Box, y'all ever heard really that before? You know, we played that Jack in the Box. Some of them young folk, they don't know nothing about that. We used to put that in there and wind that thing. In, and when he come up, we put him back down in there. Get it back in there. <laughs> oh, glory to God. We out of here. <laughs> glory to God. We out of here. For all things are your, for your sake, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. No, no, watch this, watch this, watch this. Put this in the NLT. Watch this, watch this. Thank you, Lord. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, you see, that's what it is. We're living in time. God's grace is reaching more and more people. That's why the gospel of Jesus Christ got to be preached. That's why you got to be mindful of these blind leaders leading the blind. Thinking you got to do this, you got to do that. They, gotta, they ought to make a song. I got to do this, I got to do that. If I don't do this, I can't have that. All this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving. Whoa. Why? Because they're not blinded no more. They're not held captive no more. They'll be so grateful to know that, man, I could have went to hell. And God will receive more and more glory. That's why you and I are here on the earth as a testimony. Every day you live. Not so much of just what you say. It's how you live. Every day. Your conduct. Hmm? Your behavior. Every day. People watching you. Don't be so eager to say, are you born again? Do you know the Lord? I mean, that's good, but don't, don't, no, no. Just live the life. And they will be drawn to you by the grace of God. Because you are allowing that which on the inside of you, the outshining of it, glory, is manifesting. You don't know it, but they can see it. What that is on you? What you got going on, Bobby? What happened over the weekend? What the reverend say? <laughs> Next verse, Casey. That is why we never give up. Look at somebody and say, that is why we never give up. See? Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed day, I mean renewed every day. Hmm? When they talk about your spirit, that's not talking about your soul. I mean, that's not talking about your spirit. It's talking about your soul. Remember, the spirit and the soul comes together, but it's talking about your soul. It's being renewed every day. You know your spirit can't be renewed. Why, why would it need to be renewed? It's like God. Okay? Next verse. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. 
This is what Paul called. He said, I was troubled. He said, it's, it's small. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighed them and will last forever. See, once you get a taste of that glory, verse 18, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Huh? Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things which, for the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will what? They will last forever. This is going to be the last verse of scripture I want to give to you. Go to, well, it's two search scriptures, but look at uh, Hebrews chapter 10, start at verse 35. We will close with this right here. Hebrews 10. So I know there are times that uh, you will have things come against you. And it puts you in a place that seems like you're stuck. It seems like it won't ever change. And sometimes, you know, as a believer, you and I, we have to stand because we are standing for righteousness sake. And sometimes you may not get the victory that you should that you should have on this side. But you could be for sure it will show up. Are you following what I'm saying? So when something like that comes to you, this is what I want you to look at. So don't throw away this confidence. Let's put this in the King James. I like this in old King James. Cast not away. To mean cast not away mean don't throw it away like. It's not like a cast of casual. This casting or this throwing away is like, I'm tired of folks taking advantage of me. I'm done with this. You know, like Peter in John 21, when he went back fishing, because he, the Lord, the resurrection, he told, but it was like they were lost. And Jesus showed up on the shore and said, hey, cast your net on the side, on the right side. And when John told him who it was, Peter jumped out that boat and went running. What did they do? They had given up. They were going back to what they knew. I'm saying this to you. Don't cast away. That cast away means you have said, I'm finished with this. I've had enough of this. I'm going my way now. That's what this word cast away means. And this is why, you know, I don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. Some think Paul did. Some think Luke wrote it. Some think even Priscilla wrote it. But all of these guys are associated with Paul. So he said, cast not away, therefore you're confident. Don't, don't, don't take what is precious. Don't just throw it away. He said, which has great recompense of reward. That word recompense means it has a payday. The, your payday is coming. If you don't throw it away, it's coming. Keep standing. Keep trusting. Huh? Next verse, uh, Casey. He said, for you have need of what? Patient. That word patient, put this, put it back in the NLT. Let's see what it is. Patient, endurance, that's what it is. Endurance is what you need now. That word endurance, what he's saying, you need to have a stick-to-it power in play. Uh, something that I'm going to stand, 
I'm going to stick to this. You got to have a staying power that will hold you steady. While I'm not going to cast away my confidence. I'm not going to throw this away. I've been trusting God. I'm not going to just put all, you nope, nope, no. No, I don't like what happened to him. No, I don't like how, but I'm not going to cast away my confidence. I'm not going to throw this away. I'm not going to throw it away. I'm not going to stop going to church because that's what people do. It didn't work out. Didn't turn out right. I ain't going back to church no more. I ain't going back to the favorite church, I'm telling you. Bunch of hypocrites. Huh? <laughs> Are y'all getting what I'm saying? You could become angry. And, and let me tell you, that cast away me. You will take something. You will, you say, I'm done with it. When a person says, I'm done with it, they're angry. They're mad. They're not going back. But he said, you have need of patience, endurance. That means you need to have, once you made a decision not to cast away your confidence, you're going to have to have a stay, a stick to power that will hold you steady. And that's what endurance is. It's what you need so that you will continue to do God's will. Because the, the look, the offense that wants to turn into a root of bitterness is to throw you off. And then you will receive all that he has promised. Hmm? Next verse. I'm done. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. One more verse. Put it back in the King James. Now the just should do what? Who is the just? So you are now living by the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when a fist come, I'm going to have the right attitude and not allow it to get in and seek its poison on the in, in my heart. I'm going to keep that off. Why? When I see it coming, I'm going to be the one to say, no, I don't even, I'm not going to receive that like that. You can't stop offense from coming. Jesus said it's impossible. Luke 17, 1. But you can sure do something about keeping their heart right so that their offense would not have root. Uh, I didn't give you all that verse of scripture about the root, right? Uh, you can write this down. Well, put it up there, Casey. Hebrews chapter 12. I think it's verse 35. Is that right? Hebrews 12. No, 15. Hebrews 12, 15. Yep, there it is. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. That springing up mean resentment, hurt, trouble, it just spring up. It has the root now has a seedling that in, that in come of life come above the ground. That's what this word springing up mean. That means what was what you sown, the root system is established, and now guess what? The blade. Of resentment, the blade of unforgiveness, the blade of hurt. What is done? It's springing up, and it's trouble you, and thereby many will be what defiled. See, as long as it's hidden, no effect. But once it starts coming forth up out of the ground of your heart. Your mouth gonna start speaking. Everybody you talk to, oldest good, now, evangelist, they're a bunch of liars. 
See, you ain't get that promotion. Well, you know about Mr. Cook? Uh, Mr. Cook, he's the worst. He'll tell you this. He's a liar. Ain't no truth in him. I'm just calling it. I, I, I don't know. Well, see what happened. That root of bitterness has sprung up in Otis. Now it's troubling. Now he's trying to defile all the workers that work with him. He's trying to get all of them on his side. Yeah, it was wrong what Mr. Cook did. But Otis got a responsibility in Christ not to take the offense. But he took it. Now it's springing up. You may not understand why these things happen, but I'm telling you, God was preserving you from something that you could not see. And if you maintain a good heart attitude, he's going to bring you through it. And you'll be able to look back on that and say, Lord, thank you for delivering me from what I thought. They mistreat me. They didn't give me my promotion. You know, Lord, forgive Mr. Cook. We just call him Mr. Cook. I don't know the supervisor's name. Amen. Now, the last few minutes were worth y'all coming right there. Did y'all learn anything today? Any questions? 